You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's only going to get worse. I wish I could say otherwise, but we are not at the at the end of this. If anything, we're just in the opening phases of the left's attempts to completely silence conservatism online. I think it's important that we all establish some some rules here, some principles like the following. Everything is now political. Your enemies do not seek to convert you, but to destroy you. Your basic freedoms are under assault and we're losing. Winning matters a lot. This is an ideological street fight and you should act with honor, but expect none in return. Those are principles that I've put out that you will need to remember in the days and weeks ahead because the left is now unleashed and they're using their most powerful companies, their most influential and wealthy corporations to do it at a time when you've already seen a Democrat consolidation of government power. One of the issues that we've had here for a while, I think, is that in the media, we talk a lot about social media and people who are just trying to go about their lives think that there's some exaggeration. Oh, how powerful can Facebook and Google really be? Well, we're seeing now they are more powerful than really any government. They have more influence, certainly, than any media corporation. They're among the wealthiest companies in the world, and they are oligopolists. There are a handful of companies that, for all intents and purposes, control the Internet. And they have decided openly. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but now they're just saying that this is what's going to this is what's happening. They're not hiding it anymore. They're not pretending Oh, it's just the algorithm. Oh, it was a mistake. No, they're saying we are purging you. If you're a Trump supporter who is too vocal about your concerns about the election, or if you're somebody who wants to battle against lockdowns and mask mania, we will get rid of you. We will erase you from the Internet, destroy your business and also silence you in the process this is a level of censorship my friends this is a level of control over the flow of information that until recently would have been unthinkable how could anyone do this how could they be so effective in uh, deciding what the boundaries of acceptable political debate and conversation are that's what's happening here we have been talking about creating, as I've said, unsinkable aircraft carriers or free speech. And before any of you pointed out, I'll, I'll just admit it. I didn't realize how easily they'd be they'd be sunk or at least they would try to do it. Parlor, Rumble and, and other sites out there that have tried to take a free speech perspective. They're not right wing sites by mission. That's that's not true. You keep hearing this in the media. They're places where people on the right, where conservatives have been growing in number because we're not allowed to disagree with the Democrat left consensus on the other big social media sites. I mean, they may very well have delivered the election to Joe Biden just by suppressing the Hunter Biden story the way that they did. We'll never know. But then when you add on top of that, the way that they adjust the algorithms, you add on top of that the way that they try to tilt the playing field in in the favor of Democrats all the time, We can't really account for this because people believe because we've been led to believe by these companies that they are free and fair and that they 
uh, are just trying to to provide services to people. They're not pursuing an agenda beyond profit and growing their user base. And profit is fine. Growing users is great. But no, they're evangelists for the left. Google, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, evangelists for the left. And those companies put together are such a huge portion of what is even possible on the Internet. If you don't have a single social media account, you understand how much this affects you. Google can cut off, if it wants to, all ads to any website that it chooses to do so. It it, it can make your website go bankrupt in a matter of weeks. So if you're saying, well, Buck, I I don't I don't use social media. I I don't really care as long as I can still get my favorite authors and and writers and commentators and go go uh, support their content. What I'm telling you is, no, that they won't be able to either. They won't be able to either. I mean, thankfully, I'm on terrestrial radio as well as having a podcast and a website. You know, you can go to bucksexton.com and please do so because my ability to tell you all I've been saying for a while, please bookmark it. Be, you know, make bucksexton.com a site that you're checking in to see. You can always listen to the show there, too, on demand. It's very easy. There's a pop up. Just click the play button. You can do it from your smartphone. I'm telling you this because it's really a matter of time right now before my what was almost 500 and I was getting getting close to 550, I think, thousand Twitter. And anyone who tells you they don't pay attention to their Twitter following who's on Twitter and has a blue check is a liar, a liar. Okay, that's that's ridiculous. I've seen some people. Oh, who even cares? Please, it's CNN. That's all they care about. It's all just one big vanity project for them anyway. Uh, But but I've I've been losing. I think at this point. I'll be close to 100,000 Twitter followers down in a week, in a week. It's a lot of people to, to no longer be able to reach in any capacity. And I know some of them are bots and there's all these theories out there. But if they weren't doing a purge of conservatives, explain to me why it's only happening to conservatives. That, that I would like to know if it were just Russian bots, they were they were taking off the off the Internet. And and the way that Amazon can go after people now is even in some ways more frightening. You need servers. There's an actual technological infrastructure that has to be in place for you to have any kind of website for you, for you to do any of these uh, any of this conservative content that I'm talking to you about. If you don't if you don't have the servers, you can't do anything. They are now denying people access to servers. Right. And that's what's happened to Parler, for example. It wasn't just Amazon and Google and and uh, and Twitter are all effectively saying, you know, they're they're going to be targeting this is a competitor. I mean, there, there are rules, there are laws about collusion and about monopoly for a reason, because ultimately the consolidation can be anti-competitive. So it, it can produce an outcome that is the opposite of what you want, a free and, and competitive market. Uh, they, they all came together, but it's even worse than that, because not only did you have these tech bans come together against against Parler in the way that they did, but they also they're the, the secondary order effects are that your lawyers, your accountants, your other people that work for your company. Once you're targeted, targeted by Amazon and Google and Facebook, you're radioactive. Nobody wants to go near you. And that's also why you've seen all these other corporations like uh, Marriott is suspending donations to Republican senators who voted against certifying 
president like Joe Biden, for example. I mean, you know, Marriott Hotels, uh, Citigroup, the huge uh, financial services company, right? Citigroup, the huge bank. They've uh, decided they're going to cut off donations from Citigroup also to, to a number of these senators. And this is this is all out purge. That's what we're going through right now. And it's the beginning of it. How is this going to make things better in the country? Ask yourself that question. How will this bring us together? Where is the spirit of unity that we were told was going to come about when Joe Biden wins? You know, the uh, the 80 to 90 percent, and that's what the polls are showing, of Republicans who condemn, who just outright condemn. And, and you should know that's what the number is. It's 80 to 90 percent of Republicans condemn the the Capitol Hill riot separate from the protest, but the riot on Capitol Hill, uh, that's not going to save them, though, meaning there's still going to be consequences. There's still going to be targeting of anybody on the right as part of this. This is why I've been warning for years about how the left has expanded the term white supremacy, for example, to be if you oppose affirmative action. I mean, that's that's a white supremacist position. If you oppose uh, racial preferences in hiring or in admissions for schools or whatever, that's white supremacists. They, they expand this. It used to be for neo-Nazis. Now it's for anybody that has a position touching on a whole range of issues that the left, that the Democrats don't share. They smear everybody. And what's really concerning are these early stage moves. I mean, there's so much here. These early stage moves to make a big push on domestic terrorism. And by that, you know they're going to be going after people on the right who aren't really engaged in a terroristic activity, but they'll abuse this. They'll be a tremendous mission creep. There's already laws against all terrorism. You, 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 there's no there's no legal terrorist. But what they want to do is increase the surveillance state and make harsher penalties for people that don't even do anything illegal, let's say, but who are you know, running their mouths about something and, and they want to increase surveillance. They want to have a chilling effect on the opposition to the Biden administration. That's really what this is. They will abuse this tool. And I was somebody who was working in the war on terror. And, yeah, there were abuses. So this happened under the Bush administration, but it wasn't abuses against Democrats. It was abuses around the world and the international arena, right? That's what we've all seen. Democrats, you know, we, we were so upset and we learned all these stories about, about black sites and waterboarding and the mass surveillance state, which did affect all Americans. Uh, Democrats now are planning to do, to, to use that same overreach playbook, but they're planning to do it for domestic political purposes against their fellow Americans. That's really the plan here. This is going down a very dark and dangerous path. And I think it's it's really necessary for you to understand. We complain about this. We appeal the principle. We say, hold on a second, guys. This is reckless. This is bad. This is unfair. You're penalizing a lot of people under false pretenses. And you know what their response is? Good. You deserve it. They don't care. They think your ideas, the Democrats, the left have convinced themselves that your ideas that they want to suppress are not just wrong. They are a danger and they need to be destroyed and you need to be punished for them. That's the prevailing mentality. That's the, the overwhelming sentiment of the left falls into that category. It's not I don't like what you say, 
but I understand that you have a right to say it and you should not face concerted consequences to ruin your business, your life, your reputation around it. No, they, they've moved into the the destruction of anybody who stands in their way and they feel good about it. And if there are people that get caught up in this that are ruined or that that go bankrupt, have their reputations destroyed, that's collateral damage. They're absolutely willing to willing to pay, because if you're on the right, there is no such thing as collateral damage. You're on the wrong team. You should suffer. I'm telling you, this is the attitude. That is how they feel. Now, I, I also want to talk about what we what can we do about this? What is the path forward? People keep saying to me, well, Buck, you you're telling us about the problems. What about the solutions? First, we need to understand the full scope of the problem, because the mobilization that is required on our side to tackle these issues is massive. And we are now out of power. And it is only fair to point out that Republicans didn't do a damn thing about this for four years. And now we are exactly where some of us were warning we'd be, where you have political power and private sector tech power colluding and consolidating to to eradicate right wing views. That is what is happening right now. And we are finally seeing it at a time when we're in the worst position we've been in in four years to do something about it. So I want to be clear on that. There are people in positions of power who are supposed to be on our team who let us down here. This is the truth. I told you I'll speak the truth. The Trump administration did not do a damn thing about this. And here we are. How many times did we talk about it? Section 230. What's going to happen next? Nothing was done. And now we, the people, have to figure out a plan of action to return this country to some sense of political equilibrium because this this can deteriorate very rapidly, and, and I, I do not get worried easily about the future of this country. If this trend continues of, of really punishing political enemies in the way that they're already doing, and gonna get, it's going to get much worse. If this trend continues, I don't know what happens to this country, but I am worried. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to BuckSexton.com. What do I think is coming next? I want to talk to you about what we should do, but I want you to also understand where this is all heading. You're going to see an escalation until we submit. It used to be build your own app. And it took us too long on the right to do it, but we, but we did. We, we have an app that's just it's free speech. It's not actually even conservative or right wing, but build a place you know, it's the private businesses build a place that, you know, you can have the free speech you want. So we did. And then they shut that they shut that down. And if we say, OK, well, we're going to have our own, uh, you know, we're going to create our own ad sales company. They're going to go after you. Not only they're going to try to boycott companies that that partake in conservative ad sales to support media and voices out there like mine. Uh, they're also going to then say, well, we're going to cut off your servers, which has already happened. I mean, it's essentially we're heading toward the left has so much dominance of the Internet that the answer is going to be too bad. Build your own Internet. That's unacceptable in society. All of a sudden, you'll notice the left are a bunch of free market absolutists, right? Oh, there's no no need for regulation. No need for government intervention. Isn't that so convenient? The people that tell you bake that cake, Christian, 
put, you know, a, a, a satanic phallic symbol on on some cupcakes or something because because we say so you have to. Right. I mean, they, they made the, the guy at Masterpiece Cake Shop actually write satanic messages. I mean, will, you've been told that he denied service to a, a gay couple. That's actually not true. That's a lie. He didn't want to write messages like there is no God or, you know, do something that's contrary to his faith. And and they, they want to make you submit. You know, it's not bake that cake. It's bake that cake and write what we say. As part of your business. Or else the government comes down on you, right? Or else the government attacks you. And uh, then beyond that, you have the, the left telling us, oh, but now we want free market absolutism. Now, now we want there to be the destruction, uh, the destruction of conservatism through the principle that we, we've established power. We have an effective monopoly. And that's what's going to end up happening. Um, that's where they want to take this. So I would just say to you all, this is they're going to escalate. They don't they don't care that this attacks very fundamental free speech principles in this country. There's free speech as an issue of law. And then there's free speech as a cultural issue. There's free speech as something that we have in in society. And sure enough. What they're doing is the eradication of that culture and they're they're open about that. They're going for it. They are not held back at all by shared principle on this. So just understand that their plan is to make this much, much worse. Understand that their next steps in all of this are going to be to punish anyone who does not come to heal. And that's going to be a lot of us that could be. That could be me among them. And that's why you need to get ready for this and find ways to support the content and the voices out there that you like directly and not to rely on social media to find what people are saying and what they're up to. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast. What can we do about it? I understand that's that's a question that we should all be asking right now. And I've been getting it a lot recently. People ask, what can we do about this? Um, the answer is, for one, I, I think we have to take stock of the fact that one of our one of our big problems with the Trump administration on the right. And, and people may not really enjoy hearing this, but everyone listening to this knows it's true. There was no internal criticism allowed of Trump from within the team. I don't mean never Trumper. Oh, I hate Trump stuff. I mean, hey, I really want the MAGA agenda to succeed. I want Trump to be a very, uh, a very effective president while in the Oval Office to follow through on the promises that he made to his voters. It would be better to that end if he did more of this or if he focused on this or if he stopped listening to and fill in a couple of very obvious blanks there. That was shut down. People who were uh, the the. The run of the mill Trump supporter generally did not want to hear that stuff. And if you did that, I, I and I can tell you from personal experience, you got people saying, why? Why don't you really support our president? So what do you mean? Of course, I support our president. If a coach tells you you're throwing into double coverage too much, hit your tight end, you know, running across the middle. Is he playing for the other team or your team? 
You know, if he sees a couple of interceptions that happen and he tells the team, we got to go to the top. Is he playing for the other team or your team? We forgot this. There was a, it was a lack of willingness to push Trump in the right. And I'm going to tell you, I, I got I got tired of trying a few times and I probably should have kept pushing. But a lot of people would have just tuned it out, would have been mad at me. And I figured, OK, well, I'll focus on what I what I think is going well about the administration and try to try to hammer home those gains instead of looking at what's not going well and say that we need uh, more of a focus on this. But now here we are in a place where we've got nobody, um, nobody who is really in, a, in much of a position of authority in, in the political sense to do much about this at the federal level. And the Biden administration, remember, you're just seeing the private sector action right now, which is which is very powerful. But soon we'll be in a place where the actual political apparatus is taking this same approach. Soon we'll be in a place where the Biden administration is leveraging openly the big tech oligopolists and federal law to shut you down. What do we do about this? Well, uh, going back to what I mentioned before about bake that cake or else. And remember, it's not it wasn't bake the cake. It wasn't about not selling to people. It was about the message on a cake that is contrary to one's religious beliefs. That was that was really the heart of the issue. And the left oh, and, and the same people. And I don't have to keep going with that analogy. The same people that want to make nuns pay for birth control. Right. Sorry, nuns, you got to pay for birth control. That's not free market. So under what under what auspices? What is the justification for making nuns buy birth control? It's public good. That's what Democrats say. It's, it's public good, public health. Sorry. So you have to do it. Well, isn't it for the public good to be able to have free and open political debate? Isn't it for the public good to have the Internet like the phone lines? I mean, imagine if the phone company was was privately owned in such a way that the Democrat owners in the weeks before an election could just shut off all shut off all phone service to every GOP outreach effort, every GOP campaign all across the country. That that would theoretically be private sector action. Right. But no, we've established that there are utilities. It's necessary for society to have phone lines as a as a a source of a free, open communication for people to use. Right. The same way that, you know, we, we we've done that. We're going to have to approach more aspects of the Internet this way. And the, the only answer, friends, is regulation. If you think the answer is free market. Well, get ready for the Democrats. And when I say free market, a kind of free market absolutism, you'll see the left use their built in advantage right now to destroy the Republican Party. But we're not even going to be able to get our pants on and get out the door before they'll have complete online dominance that has been used to destroy the voices of opposition to the Biden administration. It's going to be all over. We're not going to be able to build our own Internet in the next, you know, the next two years. So there needs to be, uh, for one, just the kind of public outrage and at least put the Democrats on notice. We see what they're doing and it's disgusting. Beyond that, though, if you're looking for for action, you need to have at the state level. You need to have state governments that start to add in state legislatures have to add uh, Republicans as a protected status under law for things like. You know, doing doing transactions uh, for and with banks and, you know, online servers and 
this is what what Democrats have done. They've created this whole extra this whole all these extra layers of law that say that because for the good of society, you can't discriminate on the basis of race and public accommodations for the good of society. You can't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation and public accommodations. So what I'm saying is the, the only legal pathway that I can see here, and, and I'm not a lawyer, but I am somebody who reads all this stuff constantly and tries to understand what the options are in layman's terms. Uh, but the only the only pathway that I can see would be to start to add Republicans as at the state level, because I know we can't do we're not going to be able to do this at the federal level because we didn't take action on this for four years under Trump. Uh, would be to add. So in, in the state of Texas, for example, in the state of Florida, you could have you are not allowed to. And then and then that would lead to lawsuits, right? It would lead to lawsuits and more. But this is it. This is our only this is our only shot as I see it. You're going to have to force people to think twice, at least, because right now they don't think twice at all. They don't care what we think that there's no sense whatsoever that we have to be uh, that, that they have to be careful about what they're doing. They can go around YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and just Google, which is, of course, the owner of YouTube um, and Amazon, which has a tremendous amount of cloud computing services that they that they do and, and servers they can crush you without consequence because they don't like what you say. All this stuff about terms of service violations and and Trump and violence at the Capitol. That's why we're shutting people down. That's not true. OK, they're not shutting parlor down because it was a place where violence was planned any more so than violence has been planned by Antifa and BLM and many others on Twitter, on Facebook. These are communication platforms. Parler doesn't advocate for the violent overthrow of the government. Parler is not is not doing anything other than refusing to play the game the way the left wants it to, which means suppressing conservative speech at every opportunity. You know, I mean, I've been dealing with this. These companies are a nightmare and they don't care what you think. Facebook, YouTube, they suspend you. Instagram suspends you. Good luck. Good luck getting your account back. If you do. It'll be after, you know, dozens of hours of of time filling out forms and on the phone and trying to reach a rep and all this other stuff. And meanwhile, the left, they got no problems. They'll run any ads they want, do anything they want, say whatever they want. They're not getting suspended. They're not getting they're not getting booted off these places. You can have right now you go you can go and check it out for yourself. Yeah, there are uh, Iranian pro genocide against the Jewish state people. Uh, in the Iranian government who they have their, you know, the Ayatollah, I mean, they or, uh, you know, the the Guardian Council, they have their Twitter account, the Iranian revolutionary regime, they have their Twitter account. Uh, So that's okay. Uh, You know, Putin, I mean, the Russians, there are the Chinese. With their with putting Uyghurs in concentration camps in in, uh, you know, Xinjiang province in, in western China, they they have their Twitter accounts. So this isn't about stopping human rights violations or violence. This is about suppressing conservatives. And this is uh, in a, a huge problem. And then there's the blacklists. You're already starting to see it. Uh, you know, the Lincoln Project, which is really a, a bunch of sociopaths who are doing unbelievable damage to the country with the nonsense that they put forward. 
Uh, but they're they're now circulating lists. What they want to do is put out a very easy to read public shaming list of anybody who worked for the Trump administration so that they will not get jobs in corporate America. They will not be they'll effectively be unhirable. I mean, this is the most vicious kind of political retribution you can find short of advocating for violence. It's they're, they're not necessarily targeting you for violence yet if you work for Trump, although that has also happened, as we know. Um, but they're going to make sure that you can pay your bills, feed your family, have a career, pay your mortgage. You know, that's that's what you deserve if you worked for Trump. That's what they really believe. And this is increasingly widespread. There are these lists that are circulating. Um, my friends, they, they don't care. They really believe that if you support Trump, you've been a part of a coup attempt and that you must be supportive of white supremacist ideology. And the fact that 75 million Americans, including a lot of, as we know, an unprecedentedly high number of Latino and black voters compared to GOP norms, voted for Trump. None of that matters. Not to the left. It's white supremacist support. It's a coup. It's fascism. It's the worst kinds of the worst kinds of uh, political malfeasance. And whatever they have to do to stop it, they feel entirely justified in doing. And if you and your livelihood and your freedom is a casualty of that, great. They don't to say they don't care is even correct. They celebrate it. They're happy when conservatives get booted off the Internet. They're happy when their opposition is, you know, this would be like if we were playing in a sports league. And and we think that they would want to they would want to meet us, let's say, on the actual playing field. No, what they want is to slash the tires of the bus for the opposing team so they can't even get to the match. That's how they're playing this. That's what they're doing now. They're slashing our tires. They're, uh, they're you know, setting up actual roadblocks and saying, sorry, we win by forfeit. We're in charge now. What this does to America, if it continues, I, I can't say. I don't know. I just know that it's terrible. And, and that the left is, this is a psychosis, it's disgusting, and there is no good faith. They're operating with no good faith whatsoever. They have decided that the worst elements of Trump support, which are a, a tiny, tiny fraction of those who actually voted for Trump and support President Trump, the, the absolute worst fringe elements, you know, the QAnon behind Trump, that's representative of all of us, therefore we all have to be uh, we all have to be purged. And this is the mentality. So be aware of it, understand it, and get ready for it. We are in this together, but it is going to be rough. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Articles of impeachment have been introduced in the House by... Pelosi and the Democrats, they're charging Trump with incitement of insurrection. Now, based on the Senate schedule, this is this is all unlikely to result in the president's removal from office. But understand that what this is what this is doing is trying to get on the record. And that's it is getting it on the record that President Trump tried to incite a mob to overturn the election results. Now, the people who are comparing that Capitol Hill riot. And I just wonder also if anyone out there who, when I immediately condemned this thing, which I think was an obvious move, 
I don't think there was any question that that was the right move. And, and I don't care if any, anyone's welcome to disagree with me. I think they're wrong. I, I does not. I will not be swayed on this. Um, I wonder if anybody, though, who, who disagree with me that this was going to result in a terrible backlash and that it was entirely counterproductive. They'll admit that I was right about that, too, which was also, I think, obvious. Uh, now, now you have Pelosi and the Democrats getting on the record that they're, they're alleging the president tried to steal an election using a mob and inciting a mob to violence at the U.S. Capitol. And if you see the video, and I, I'm not going to pretend like it's not there because people don't want to hear it. If you see the video at the Capitol of what was done to some of these police officers, every bit as grotesque and awful as what you've seen from the worst of Antifa, uh, you know, every bit as, as awful as what you've seen from many of these uh, BLM mobs. Now, there weren't assassins on behalf of BLM killing cops, which we've seen in other cases, but that's usually lo- that's usually a, a lone wolf actor separate from the actual BLM mob. That, that tends to have been the case. Anyway, point here is that you see the video of the way the mob was treating these cops, and it's a disgrace. Uh, there was nothing. Those cops were doing their jobs. They weren't posing. A, they weren't posing some illegal threat to law-abiding citizens. Shouldn't have happened. And now Pelosi and the Democrats are going to leverage this whole thing to the hilt. They they want a totally open pathway to Democrat to the Democrat agenda in 2021. And they want to make it so the Republican Party is is a party that is wounded beyond repair. And this is their biggest opening for this. If Trump, if this had not happened, if we had not had the Capitol Hill riot, they still would have been doing. Don't don't make don't uh, misunderstand me. They're not. It's not like the Democrats were going to be good and fair minded. And uh, but we would have been in a much stronger position. I mean, Trump would have been out of office and been able to mobilize people from you know, from private life, essentially, in order to be in opposition to Biden. And we would have had a midterm in two years, would have been here before you know it. There was a lot that could have happened. This makes all of that much more difficult. And that's what Pelosi understands, which is why she's going forward. These articles of impeachment. How could anyone think that this would help the country? As if the way we we are at a particularly tense moment, a truly concerning moment. And we're, we're to believe uh, we're to believe that the Democrats think this will make things better somehow. That's that's just nonsensical. Removing President Trump through this kind of mechanism will only result in dis- in, in further exacerbation of tensions. What will only result in even more uh, sense of outrage that the that the votes of Trump supporters don't count. And they really want to do this to erase the 2016 election. The whole thing was a mistake. None of it mattered. It didn't count. That's why Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats want this so badly. They view this as a, a way to completely repudiate all things Trump. And, and I'm, I'm honest with you. A lot of other people aren't. The Trump brand is greatly damaged right now. That, that is just a fact. Um, the, the, the political power that it would have had as opposition to Biden right now is substantially less than it would have been because of what we have seen, but and because of what has happened, but this would just tear the country apart. Trump is going to be gone in. What is it? Uh, nine days or so? Yeah. Nine days. Trump is going to be gone pretty soon from office. You're going to try to kick, you know, if he's already walking out the door, why kick him in the behind? You know why? Why do that? 
because it's spiteful and it's vindictive. And that's what Pelosi and the Democrats want. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to BuckSexton.com. Where do we go from here? What do we do next to fight back against the purge? And, and what is also the next step for, for MAGA in all of this? Is that even a phrase we're going to be hearing in the months ahead? We've got our friend John Cardillo back with us, formerly of the NYPD, now a conservative commentator, radio host, and a TV guy. John, great to have you back. Always good to be with you, Buck. Crazy week, though. So, so John, I've been saying that we were facing a purge. And I knew that they would eventually come after these conservative platforms. I didn't know that it would happen. I'll, I'll say this. They've, they've exceeded my expectations, the Democrats have, for concerted vindictiveness. What, what do you see going on here? Oh, oh, this is they, they want us eradicated. I mean, they're, they're not going to accept anything less than, than total subservience. And they're vocal about it. All you got to do is read their, uh, their social media postings. They want us to either surrender, and in some cases they're using words like a cleansing. Others are being extreme. They're calling for death to conservatives. And, and so I don't, I don't see this getting better anytime soon. And I just wish Donald Trump would have used some of his presidential power and prosecuted some of these people over the last four years or, or installed an attorney general that would have. These are dark days ahead for the right. What do you think we can do about this? I mean, I, people are asking me that, that question, and I... I come up with state level adding conservatives as a protected category, the same way you'd have people with yeah. people with disabilities and gender discrimination and things like that. I, I, I don't I don't see another way because I, I know the mentality, as do you, of, of the left and especially at these Silicon Valley companies where they on they know how much power they have. And the people, when you talk to them on the inside, they'll tell you, you know, some of them will sort of whisper to you because they're terrified too. they'll say we can do whatever we want. Right. They've got armies of, of the of the best lawyers, yeah. endless capital and funds to do what they want. And anyone who stands against them, they can crush before they even get any momentum. So do you think do you think that state level action? And when I say it's the answer, is that a necessary step? What, what are the steps that we have? Yeah, it absolutely is. And remember, they've also got government affairs people everywhere, federal, state, local. But. Here's the one thing that everybody's missing in the, in the discourse on social media, rather, when they're saying, oh, my God, we're screwed as conservatives. They took our social media platform away. Local elections and state legislative elections have been worked around the electoral process for years, going back as a teenager knocking on doors, still tend to be grassroots. They're not as dependent on social media. We need strong America first candidates running for district attorney, running for supervisor of elections, running for secretary of state, running for state legislature, because they have so much power. And most of those are grassroots campaigns. They're not dependent on social media. Yeah, Facebook to a point. But Facebook's really not going to crack down too hard on what they perceive right now to be insignificant state legislative races, which if we put the right candidates in, we run them correctly, we win, and we weaponize those offices like Democrats do, well, when Facebook finally catches on on the other platforms, it'll be too late because we'll at least have some a bill, some laws in these states with teeth. So right now, we should not be focusing on 22 federal, and we should be focusing on it. But our real effort needs to be at the state and local level to call these people to task and also to secure that federal vote in 22. 
we can do all these things culturally. We can shift uh, uh, ideologies. We can drive people to the polls. But if you can't protect the vote because you have the secretary of state, the DA, or the supervisor of elections, what good is it all? So that's where we need to focus, find the right candidates. John, what do you think is going to happen here over the next uh, week and a couple of days? Pelosi has introduced articles of impeachment against the president. There's a lot of stories, and I'll tell you, they're not... They're not making up the 25th Amendment stuff because I've heard it from other people that at least there are that is, that has been discussed by different people at high levels in, in D.C., whether they're for it or against it. It is. I know it is being talked about by some people. Uh, what what do you think happens here? And, and what would it what would it mean if they were able to remove this president before he left? Well, it's very real because a verified uh, uh, political account. I forget who it was. I just retweeted how insane it was said they're giving Mike Pence until Wednesday. They've given Mike, think about this. Congress has breached separation of powers and is now threatening the vice president of the United States. They're giving him an ultimatum that if he doesn't invoke the 25th Amendment by Wednesday, they're moving forward with articles of impeachment. This is disgraceful. So that talk is very real. Now your congressional far left blue check Twitter accounts are tweeting, yep, we are giving the ultimatum. Speaker Pelosi's doing it. I think they removed Donald Trump before. And I was very critical of the president this morning for not fighting, very frustrated with him. So I'm not being the Trump cheerleader today. But you remove Donald Trump before his term, because let's face it, up to 25th Amendment, you and I have spoken about this, says the president can't discharge his duties. There's no indication that Trump's unable to discharge the duties of the office. There's no grounds for the 25th. So Pelosi's throwing a tantrum saying, well, Mike Pence, if you don't want to violate the Constitution and do this, I'm going to violate the Constitution with a sham impeachment and do that and getting a complete pass on it from the media. I think if they do that, it's going to make what happened at the Capitol Wednesday look like child's play. There are a lot of upset people in this country and the Democrats are just pushing them harder. This is the what really we're speaking to John Cardillo, former NYPD, and he's a conservative commentator. You all know him from this show as well as others. Uh, John, you know, I I, people are starting to I, I see some pretty bleak stuff circulating on the internet these days about what yeah. you know I, I i'm hoping that it's just it's just bluster i really do i, I hope that it's people that are just venting and saying stuff uh, but if the president is removed at this stage it does seem it does seem like that crosses an additional line he's going there's no no one that i know and think and has has any credibility is saying other anything other than in nine days donald trump will not be the president of the United States anymore to get rid of him now for a lot of people would seem like a, a, a crossing of a line that shows what's coming beyond. Right. So I, I think people may almost view whatever they do next as preemptive action, because look, the Democrats have been talking about treason and, and sedition and a stolen election for four years and, and, and help create this climate right. of, quite honestly, a, a climate of political hysteria that I'm I'm worried about right now. And, and I'm not somebody who are, you know, when when Trump initially lost the election, I was saying, all right, we got we got to find out. I mean, this looks fishy. We got to find out about if there's any voter fraud or whatever. But I, and now I know we've lost the Senate, so it's even worse than, than it was at that time. But I was thinking, OK, we rally, we come together, we do what we can. If they pull Trump out of office with nine days left to go, I just feel like I don't know what happens. I just know that it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, look, all of these crazy conspiracy theories, Buck, that there's some 
you know, intel nuke dropping and, and there's these mass arrests and the Kraken is popping out of the Potomac to rescue. It's all crazy. Donald Trump is going to be leaving the White House on the 20th of January. Joe Biden's going to be entering after his inauguration. So it is mind-blowingly dumb, petty and vindictive that the Democrats are even going down this road. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they don't even mention that additional 1400 bucks in stimulus money to struggling Americans that was so important before the Georgia runoff. They're not even talking about that 1400 bucks. They are now solely focused on the final nails in Trump's political coffin. It just shows you where the Democrats' priorities lie. It's not with the American people. Uh, John, I, I want to switch gears to the vaccine rollout. I know you're, you're a New York guy, but you've made the very yeah. bright move of going down to sunny Florida years and years ago. And, and now that looks certainly very prescient. Yeah. And I, I, in a matter of time, I may be joining you down there. Uh, but the, I mean, just cause I mean, the, the flight New, New York and San Francisco right now, I, I keep saying this to everybody as cities to live in the value proposition is not good. It's just not good. And, and that's, it's getting worse. The more people see the, the leadership failures here. I mean, governor Cuomo, it has taken the, the vaccine rollout has been abominable. And people want to blame the federal government. It is this was a state and local issue. They, it was handed to state and local. They are given vaccine and told, get this to your people. That's the way this has happened. State and local right. should be the, you know, the tip right. of the spear on this. They have not been able to get it done. Interestingly enough, West Virginia has done a really good job. Maryland, by contrast, has been has been t- awful at this. I mean, like 25 percent of their vaccine was actually distributed until recently. And, and in New York. They threw out vaccine in in cases. This has been established instead of giving it to people because of the Cuomo rule, which rules, which he's now uh, adjusting. But how is it possible to be so dumb, John, and be in such a such a prominent position in a large and serious state like New York? I'm almost running out of ways to describe this guy's buffoonery. I think I think he loves power. I think he's a guy who loves power and he gets off on more rules on top of more rules on top of more bureaucracy on top of more layers, the most inefficient way to run anything. Look, you've got people that are conspiratorial. I'm not saying this is all planned right there. They're going to start uh, releasing this vaccine en masse the second after Biden's inaugurated and credit him with it. Do I think that's the case? No. And I'll tell you why. Having worked for the New York City Police Department, having lived in New York, having seen how New York politics and government operates, it really is that inefficient, that staffed with civil servant bureaucrats who can't lose their jobs, who are completely incompetent and ignorant. And I think we're just seeing a byproduct of that. Cuomo grew that incompetent, ignorant, inefficient government even larger. And this is the end result. John, I I also am seeing that, that people are finally recognizing this, the same government officials, the same government health experts and everything else who are the ones determining the duration of of lockdowns are the ones who have been unable to figure out how to distribute this vaccine. And it's interesting to me because, you know, Cuomo tweeted out because, you know, he still has his Twitter account he tweeted out this morning. We simply right. cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. People like you and me have been saying this for months and we were always shouted down with you just want grandma to die so you can get a haircut. You're putting profit over lives. And now we're looking around saying, "Okay, jackasses, we've done the lockdowns. The mask maniacs and the lockdowners have gotten their way. 
it's clearly not working in California, in New York, in a number of states, even the most extreme lockdowns we've gone to. And so now all of a sudden it's, yeah, maybe destroying millions of people's livelihoods for an, an untested and, and reckless plan of lockdown wasn't such a good idea, John. Now even the Democrats are starting, but they'll never admit that that's how they came to this, right? They're going to say, oh, no, the data has changed now. No, it actually hasn't. We just know they were wrong. Yeah, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, I, my favorite was when I put up a picture of uh, me having dinner with a martini in Florida saying how it was open. Somebody responded, your martini killed my grandmother. Later found out the guy's grandparents are alive and well. God bless them. But uh, anyway, the, the look, look up in New York and California, did Buck. They locked down. Their cases skyrocketed. Commerce and industry was devastated. They locked down more. They destroyed more businesses, more lives, both from locking down in terms of COVID and, and businesses that went out of business. We haven't even tallied. We haven't even tallied yet the true cost in terms of opioid addiction, other drug addiction, suicide, and people who lost everything. We haven't even looked at those numbers yet. They're going to make the COVID numbers, I believe, pale in comparison. But you nailed it. This was all about hatred of conservatives, hatred of Trump. Hatred of, of public figures like you and I, who all contradicted their narrative. They couldn't bring themselves to say, hey, we were wrong. Let's do what's best for everybody. Nope. They had to be proven right at the expense. I mean, it is it is so infuriating what they did. I, I, I hear from the business owners. All you got to do is watch the Barstool Sports videos when he gives these people those grants and how these people were so desperate. They were losing everything. The politicians who watch that, and aren't moved to act, especially on the left, they're disgraceful. Every last one of them needs to be primaried and voted out of office. John Cardillo, everybody, follow him on social media while you still can. Uh, John, we got to start talking about creating <laughs> lifeboats, my man. So this audience can, unfortunately, we got we got radio, we got podcasts still for now, uh, but we got to make sure that there's a lot of ways to reach this audience. So follow John Cardillo, folks, if you're not already, Facebook and Twitter. And John, thanks as, thanks as always. You got it, my man. Thanks, Buck.